Chapter 1 I was late. I took off from the house running as fast as I could. I rounded the barn, crossed the pasture, and started up the long slope that led to the top of Christmas Ridge. I ran until my throat was dry, and my heart felt like it was about to jump out of my ribcage. Then the slope turned steep. I quit running and climbed the rest of the way. The spine of Christmas Ridge is about 50 feet wide. It stretches for miles, splitting the valley almost down the middle. There's an odd nest of big rocks up there about 30 feet high. I climbed to the topmost one and stretched out on my stomach. The valley rolled away beneath me. A spring green carpet of new grass speckled with clumps of trees and brush. In the middle stood our typical homesteader's board and bat cabin, the two outbuildings, and the pattern of fences and gates. My breathing gradually settled back to normal, and my heart stopped pounding. I kept listening and looking. There was nothing. I was too late. I was about to get up and leave when I heard it. A faint rumble rode the morning silence like the roll of distant thunder. It swelled in volume. I got to my knees in excitement. My heart was hammering again. They burst around a shoulder of the ridge a hundred yards away, fifteen or twenty horses running hard. They were Sam Fletcher's young stock that he let run loose on the open range. They followed the ridge every morning to feed in some distant part of the valley. At night, a hired hand rode out and drove him home. I had eyes for only one, the black pony in the lead. He ran like he loved being free. His head was up, sharp ears forward, black mane and tail flying in the wind. The sun made his black coat glisten like satin. The big muscles across shoulders and legs rippled like light flashes on water. They pounded right past under the rock where I crouched. I watched until they were out of sight. The whole thing took maybe two minutes. Every Saturday since the winter weather had broken, I'd climbed up here to watch that pony pass. The sight of him did something to me I've never been quite able to explain. He was more than tremendous strength and speed and beauty of motion. He set me dreaming. Thinking of him running so free, so eager, so full of life, I could lose myself and forget for a time some of the bickering and quarreling that went on at home. It hadn't been that way before we moved from Michigan two years ago. But this past year, things changed. It was particularly bad last night. Ellie had one of her numerous bouts of sore throat and was asleep. I pretended to be, but I heard every angry word Pa uttered. He had a nasty temper, and for the first time, I was afraid he might do Ma bodily harm. I couldn't blame Pa altogether for the trouble at home, and certainly it wasn't Ma's fault. Somebody had to be strong. It took stiff-necked courage and grit to ranch in the Oregon country in the early 1900s. Pa used to say she had a ramrod up her back. You don't give an inch. You get stiff-necked about it, brace your feet, and refuse to budge, he often said angrily. Pa had no experience farming or ranching. He'd worked in a sawmill for years, but he always hated it. I'm sick of getting up, of carrying a lunch bucket, going to work, coming home. I'm sick of living by a whistle. He wanted to get away, do something on his own. But sawmilling was all he knew. Then a friend told him about ranching in the Oregon country. Great place, he said. Land's dirt cheap and grass is belly deep to a cow. Raise beef cattle. Nothing to it, Harry. Let them run on the open range year-round. Maybe feed them a little wild grass hay a couple months in the winter. Rest of the year, you just sit back in your rocking chair and watch their bellies swell into money. The friend knew of 300 acres for sale. There was a house on the place and a couple of outbuildings. All ready to go to work, he said. A widow wants to sell. It can be bought cheap. 
Pa said happily, That's for me, Mabel. No more lunch bucket. No more living by a whistle. I want to take a day off. I'll take it. I'm going to do something for myself. Now, Ma had been raised on a farm. It won't be easy, she said. It's a hard life with lots of work and long hours. And you don't know anything about ranching. So I'll learn. If other men can do it, I can too. I'm working long hours now. Apparently, Ma believed him. Here we were, Ma, Pa, Ellie, and me about five miles from the little town of Sunrise. We had 300 acres of land, nine head of cattle, a milk cow, one horse, dozen chickens, and a board and bat cabin. It was all paid for out of our small savings. It was a terrible mistake.